Hey guys, this is Mike Jordan with Unique Wealth Education, and we have an incredible guest on the show today. Um, it's a gentleman who, to me, is one of the premier real estate investors in the entire country, and we're going to speak to him. He's going to tell us uh, about his story, uh, how he got started, and some, some of the incredible things that he's done um, since he got started in real estate in uh, 2000. Um, our guest is Aaron Adams from Indianapolis. Aaron, thank you very much for joining us on the show today. You're welcome. It's a pleasure to be here. Well, thank you very much. So, hey, we're going to get right into it, and we'll, uh, you know, I'll get into some of the uh, some of the meat and potatoes of this conversation because our goal is always to educate the audience on, you know, uh, real estate, how to get started if they are started in real estate, how to become better. And, um, you know, I want you to tell us a little bit about your business and some of the things that you've uh, done over the years, because as I understand, you've done over 5,000 flips, which is just outrageous. You know, it's, it's incredible. You know, I, you know, myself, I've done a couple thousand and it's like, I, I just can't imagine almost doing triple that. So that's, that's incredible. So uh, tell us a little bit about your business. So, um, you know, uh, the current model of our business is we're in we're in five markets right now. Uh, we're buying about 50 single family homes a month. Uh, I own the construction companies that fix them up, the real estate brokerages in those five markets that, that we used to acquire and to sell them. And then we have a, a property management company. Uh, we're in Charlotte, North Carolina, Indianapolis, Indiana, which is our biggest operation, uh, Dallas, Texas. Kansas City, Missouri, and then Southeastern Idaho. Um, in addition to single family homes, we're buying, we're really focused on mobile home parks right now. I actually have just set up two mobile home dealerships um, to buy direct from the manufacturer to fill the parks that we own. Currently I have uh, five parks and actually this morning I'm working on uh, a $10 million um, pickup uh, totaling over 700 spaces. Wow. So, um, uh, you know, we, get, we, we dabble in, 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 in several different aspects of real estate, but, you know, more focused on what's the opportunity and what's good deals right now. So uh, I've been doing this for 20 years and, and we really just kind of follow uh, the opportunity. Yeah, that's incredible. So I understand you manage around 3000, you know, doors and uh, that in itself is, is incredible. And um, you own um, uh, 250 plus doors and that, you know, so tell us a little bit about that, about your property management, the doors that you own, you know, and then um, I'd like to hear about that. So when I got started, I was living in Southern California and I was teaching high school and <clears throat> that was back in 2000. And um, and in the first few years that I started doing flips, my, my rule uh, was I, I used cap rate. And for those of you that aren't familiar with that, just, you know, my cash on cash return unleveraged. And so I wouldn't buy a property to flip unless it was at least a seven cap because I figured that I could always go get a mortgage and keep it as a rental if I couldn't sell it. So I, I, I tried to raise that floor to minimize the fallout because I, I just watched people, you know, stack up a bunch of deals, have hard money on them, and then that, that in and of itself forced them into bankruptcy. And so uh, one of the ways that I knew to leave California was when I couldn't get uh, above even a five cap anymore. And that happened to be in 2005. Right. Uh, in 2005, I made the jump to the Midwest where it was still, and it still is very easy to get a double digit cap rate on property. Um, and, and so we started buying heavily in January, 2005, the uh, forward uh, in Indianapolis. 
couple years later, we moved into Dallas. Uh, a couple years after that, we moved into uh, Kansas City. Uh, we went back into Vegas for a while. We went down into Florida. We went back into California. And, you know, it really just highlights this, this idea that if you think about real estate as a national opportunity and you don't get as married to doing business close to where you are, um, you buy a lot of plane tickets. I mean, I gave Delta Airlines 75,000 bucks last year and, and got on one of their planes 160 times. Oh, <laughs> but, that's that's but quite a bit of traveling. Really in, you're right. Uh, but the net effect is it's really kind of insulated me from, you know, I've been able to capitalize on the upswings and then really capitalize on the downturns. And whether I was selling properties to homeowners during the first upswing, and then I switched to selling properties to Wall Street funds and international investors when the market crashed. And I don't care what the market does, and I don't care about going into a market because once you've mastered kind of that core competency of how to work outside your own hometown, then real estate really becomes easy and just what's the opportunity and how do I capitalize? That is so interesting that you bring that up because, you know, a couple of the questions that I had coming up for you is, Number one, how did you make it through the downturn? Because you started in 2000 and you made it out like a champion. And, and it probably, you know, uh, professionals such as yourself understand how to predict and, you know, take a look at the market and capitalize on the market wherever it's at. And, um, you know, so how did, how did that affect you, that downturn that we had in 2006, 7 and 8? And, you know, how did, how did that affect you? So it's funny because we had this model that we were using to sell properties, to flip properties, where uh, we would we'd identify a client that, that had pretty good credit and pretty good income. And there was a subprime mortgage product in 2006, 7, and 8 that allowed you to buy. Um, so you could buy a property with hard money, 100% uh, financing. Okay. And then once it was rehabbed and rented, you could refi for 125% of the appraised value. Now, obviously those kind of loan products or liar loans uh, don't exist anymore. But for years, we were showing investors how they could buy 100% financing with hard money and then refi and get all of their money back, uh, plus uh, extra money to use for other deals. And, and, and when the market tanked in 2008, we were like, uh, you know, Dodd-Frank came out and it, it banned basically all subprime mortgage. And we've, you know, we really had to evaluate what we're going to do. And, and it's funny because I watch other investors just lose their mind and they keep trying to do the same model in a, in a market that doesn't work anymore. Right. And so, you know, we, we looked at the landscape and we said, obviously people are interested in buying and we identified international investors uh, and we identified um, uh, a couple of, of, of high net worth groups, private equity groups that were interested in buying property. And that became our new customer. Uh, we also realized that there were a lot of Americans who were sitting in tons of cash in their IRA that they could self-direct and buy property using their IRA. And that became a whole pool of clientele we had never considered before. And so it took the courage of going from 100% financed clients to zero financing clients. But you really have to, you have to, you have to hold something up and look at it from every angle to really identify opportunity. And you can't be married to this is the kind of business that I do when the market changes, you have to, you, you know, you have to just be, be humble and say, how can I learn this? What can I add to my knowledge base, whether it's a different clientele, a different buyer, that's going to allow me to get uh, high liquidity again. Absolutely. So, you know, from, from what I'm hearing here is you really can make it in any market. You're just going to, 
you know, you're going to change with the times. You're not going to let the times change you. And that's, to me, something that a lot of real estate investors make mistakes on is that they stick to what they were doing, you know, in the past or what they think is right. And they really got to adjust to the market conditions and what the market is allowing for. So, you know, totally. it looks like, you know, you've capitalized on the market in every segment, every phase of that market and done incredible. Yeah, I always say, you know, when the market crashed the last time, unemployment shot to 12%, right? Sure. 15%. And people were losing their mind about that because obviously you couldn't put a hot property on MLS and flip it to a homeowner. Sure. But I always said, you know, well, people, then that, if, if there's 10% unemployment, then there's 90% employment and there's still right. market activity taking place. There's still people buying at the auction. So how do I tap into that river and, and, and pull water out of that? Uh, it doesn't have to be the, 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 the pond I was fishing in. Let me just capitalize on that opportunity. Yeah, yeah you, you're, you're looking, you're thinking outside the box all the time and you are really becoming, um, you know, the person who is a trendsetter as far as what works in that market because you're taking advantage of the situation at a time. And um, so, so why did you end up in the Midwest? I mean, what, you know, when you're in California, sometimes people end up going to Texas, sometimes, right. which you are in Texas. I mean, you're, you're, you're one of the few real estate investors in the country that deals in Charlotte, Idaho, um, Kansas City, Indianapolis, Dallas. That's incredible. You know, I run an operation just in, um, in Michigan, in Southeast Michigan, uh, in Detroit. And that alone is, is, you know, to run an operation is, is a big, a big undertaking. And, and it's, I look at it like you're running an operation in five different markets, you know, yeah. so that's incredible in itself. But why did you start in the Midwest in Indianapolis? Well, if you look at, you know, I, I was reading this um, economic report years ago that talked about uh, real estate markets tend to be linear and nonlinear. So like you look at Southern California and, uh, you know, you can see if you look back at the past 50 years, you see periods of 100% appreciation over seven years, and then half the market value collapses. So it's like a nonlinear track of appreciation as you look at the history of that property. Right. And most of the Midwest tends to be what's called very linear. So like my family, my, my immediate family on my dad's side is from Indianapolis. And my grandparents bought a house like in 1948. And if you look at the price, uh, you know, they paid like six grand for it. And or it was even it was less. It was like thirty-two hundred dollars. If you look at the price wow. points charted uh, for the last sixty years, it never doubled in a couple of years, but it never bottomed out. Right. And uh, markets in Indiana, markets in Michigan, markets in Ohio. As long as you don't lose your population base, like in the case of a Detroit that just devastates a local economy, as long as that doesn't happen, they tend to just be very predictable three, five percent appreciation over the years. And so realizing that California, in my opinion, was about to crash. And I was early. You know, I left the party way early when I couldn't get over a five cap. Um, that's when I, I said, well, where can I go set up shop and really value invest? And that, that's what drew me to the Midwest. I mean, I loved California. Uh, I went to grad school there and it's very it's a sexy place to live. And people thought I was nuts moving to a flyover state. But um, I've, I've always kind of I always kind of want to be where other people aren't. So you know, I bought my first mobile home park in 2003 and people, you know, are thinking trailers and junkyard dogs and slumlording. And and now it's like every Wall Street fund is trying to get into the space. And yes. so uh, if I can kind of do what's not sexy, that's been a good 20 year strategy for me. 
Well, that's incredible. That's uh, really thinking outside the box and not going with the status quo. Um, you know, one thing after, you know, having this bit of conversation with you that a lot of the listeners and myself want to know is, you know, how did you get started? What was your first deal? You know, tell us about that because, you know, to get to the point where you're at doesn't happen overnight. Obviously, it's a, right. it's a long road to get there. And I don't, I don't want anyone ever to think that, you know, it's uh, something that could happen in, uh, you know, six months or a year. This is a long road. But how did you get started? What was your first deal? And, you know, can you give us a little bit of information on that? You know, I tell, I tell investors that making that first 100000 bucks in a new uh, environment, whether it's you've always had a job and you got to start your own business or you've owned a business and you want to make a hundred grand in real estate. That's always kind of the hardest dollars to make. And I was teaching in high school in 2000. I love teaching. I love the kids. I was going to grad school at night and I coached volleyball and, and basketball and soccer. And um, I saw an infomercial. It was the old uh, Carlton Sheets No Money Down program that was yeah. popular in the 80s and 90s. And it was his, you know, I just found it on YouTube the other day. It was the 1998 uh, with his CDs and his books, and it was like 4,000 uh, bucks. And I, I, there was no way at three in the morning as I watched every 90, every minute of the 90 minute that I was going to spend that money on that course. So I found his 1989 version with the cassette tapes on eBay for like 100 bucks. <laughs> oh my so I bought that and uh, realized that you get what you pay for with your education because it was completely worthless as I kind of went through it. So I went to Barnes and Noble. I bought every single book that I could find on real estate investing. The first book that I read was uh, Rich Dad Poor Dad, Robert Kiyosaki, and that book was only a couple years old at the time. Now it's like, you know, published in eighty languages. But yeah. at the time, it was a relatively new book. Read that and just lost sleep over it. Uh, so I went to a three-day boot camp uh, with Bruce Norris in 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 Riverside that I paid. I think it was three or four thousand bucks, and he's still in business today. Sure. He's a great investor, really cool guy. And out of that, that seminar, then I went out and put an offer on a duplex and bought it and convinced my wife to sell our little suburban home and move into one side of the duplex and get out of the rat race. And um, we sold that six months later and made 50 grand. Wow. Um, and to high school teacher Aaron Adams to walk out of escrow with a check for 50 grand. I mean, my salary was 40 grand a year teaching. And you, you uh, actually just, had someone that borrowed you the money to do your first deal and believed in you. Right. Yeah. I mean, I 100% financed that deal. I borrowed the down payment money. I borrowed the rehab money. Um, wow. It was funny. One of the other teachers at the high school ended up staking me. Uh, he wrote me a personal check for 250 grand. And I used that to buy deals two through nine. Um, and, and, you know, made like 600,000 bucks over the next three years with that money. So is your teacher uh, buddy still investing with you nowadays? <laughs> well, you know, it's kind of a sad story because I was paying him 1% simple interest a month on that money. So 2,500 bucks a month. And he called in the note a few years later because um, he wanted to loan it to his daughter. And guess, okay. who, guess who lost the money? You know, it, it, was, it was his daughter. Oh, my goodness. How did she lose the money? She uh, wanted to start her own business. And, you know, we, we all have a blind spot. You know, it's funny. I've had some of the worst fraud that I've had against me and my, in my companies has been the people that, that were the closest to me. It's investors, beware of your own family. <laughs> beware of the employees that you love the most because sure. they will be the ones that, that you have a blind spot. You don't set up good controls. I, I think you business is business and you really have to have those uh, standards, those policies and procedures, and you got to create those rules, which are your core values. And you, you, you can't bend 
for anyone because at the end of the day, it's going to eventually affect uh, your, your, your own business, the people that are in your business, your family, and actually affect them too. So I think that rules are very important in doing things uh, uh, the right way and following uh, uh, the guidelines that you create is so important. Uh, so, you know, so you know, Real quick, Mike, you could, you could actually make the case, you know, to continuing on that line of thinking that you're talking about is there's, you know, I think, and I think maybe it's Tony Robbins in his money book. He talks about the fact that 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 money is a printing press, right? And or money is printed on a printing press. And each one of us as investors can learn how to assemble that printing press. Sure. It's not art; it's science. And there's a science to the nuts and the bolts and the way that the printing press comes together. Once you've laid claim to that, and once you've spent the time required to build your own printing press. Right. It does not matter the business you're in. It doesn't matter what state you're working in. It doesn't matter how many employees or how few you have. You can always go back to that well. I agree. I agree. And that's a great statement. And, uh, you know, listeners, if you heard that, I think that's something that you should, you know, um, you know, soak in and, you know, take it from someone who's incredibly successful, like Aaron, who's telling you that he follows that rule and he loves that, that, that statement. So, so Aaron, what do you think about coaching? Do you, do you, uh, do you suggest that newer investors or existing investors, do you, do you, do you believe in them having a coach, a mentor? What is your take on that? Yeah. You know, it's funny in October, I got foot surgery and, uh, I was up to like 275 pounds. I mean, I mean, I'm a big guy. I'm six, four, but even that's, that's when, that's when my waist is, I start having to break out the 42 pants, right? So I don't, I feel hideous at that weight. So I got foot surgery. I had a bone spray to remove. And I said to my wife, you know, I just need to set a really hard goal, something I've never done uh, to push myself out of my comfort zone. I need to lose this weight. I'm 45. I don't want to go down that. It's like people decide in their forties, this, this path of health that they're just going to fall off a cliff into their fifties and like disgusting or like really suck it up and, and get in shape. And so I said, I'm going to run a marathon. And she's like, you've never even run a half marathon. I'm like, I've never even ran nine miles. Right. Um, and so um, I have two buddies who are real estate guys that I've mentored and that I've coached and that I've helped. One, his name is Mike from Indianapolis. Mike is an ultra marathoner. He's like the fastest 50 miler in the, in the East Coast. Another buddy of mine, his name is Fred, colonel in the special forces, Afghanistan for 10 years. He did 300 mile races last year. And I went to wow. them and I said, Guys, I want to run a marathon in June. I'm signing up for the June 1st Teton Marathon. Uh, I'm fat. I'm out of shape. And how do I? And I, and I got to rehab this foot. Help me set up a plan. Help you know. Get help me. Help me give the framework. And you know they've been coaching me on. You know I bought these little gel packets for my eight or nine mile run last week that you take every 45 minutes. And the shoes and the inserts and what kind of socks and what kind of watch I need. And and it's just. It, 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 if I'm being honest, it hasn't been hard. I'm down 20 pounds. You know, I got up today at six o'clock. I did a five mile run. It was easy. Um, and when, you know, because when when you plug into people that you can trust that can guide you, it just it look you you always will pay your tuition for your education. Yes. The most expensive tuition is figuring it out yourself. I agree because you're you're gonna avoid a lot of pitfalls and and those guys that you're talking about that are helping you with. Uh, you know, with your training, they're going to tell you some things that are going to help you get from, you know, point A to point B faster. Now I always look yep. at it like, you know, I think that you're, you're in everything you do, you're going to be successful. So you would get there with or without them. I truly believe that with your personality, but I believe that they help you get there faster. 
that, that's how I look Absolutely. at it. Um, you know, j just the last couple questions, because I know you got a lot going on today and I just wanted to, you know, um, you know, bring up a couple things that I seen here. I think that, you know, I always ask people that are on the podcast, what makes you unique in your field of business in real estate? And, you know, I want to tell you what I think makes you unique. And then, you know, maybe you think otherwise or whatnot. But, you know, I think it's your diversity. I mean, I think that you have many states going on. Um, you're in single family homes. You own commercial buildings that we didn't even mention. I had this in my notes. Yeah. Um, you own mobile home parks. Um, you know, you, you hold a ton of properties, you educate people on a regular basis. I know you have some edu education set, uh, um, um, events coming up. So to me, I look at Aaron Adams as his uniqueness is his diversity and, yeah. you know, people can learn so much from that, but I also don't want people to think that we could all be Aaron Adams overnight. Uh, because Aaron Adams started with a duplex and he learned and I guarantee you because I didn't ask you this you were a sponge uh, you get things yep. quick you're very hungry you're on your toes so right now what makes you unique is your diversity but you can't get started with diversity. I think you got to get started with focusing. And I always yeah. say focus means, you know, follow on course until successful. So yeah. diversity is what defines Aaron Adams to me as being so unique. What about you, Aaron? Yeah. What do you think about your uniqueness? No, I agree with that. And, and people, you know, it's interesting when I was doing my master's degree in business, everyone was married to how they were going to use that degree. And, you know, we, all, we that's why sometimes I joke that I hate, like, I, 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 sorry, that's my, my dogs. No <laughs> I hate a, I hate five-year plans. <laughs> um, I, I feel like a five-year plan, I mean, it's nice to think about after you've had a couple of drinks, but it's not something you do at the first thing in the morning. Sure. Right. It's, it's how do I learn something to monetize it? Like people who are doing real estate education, don't take another class until you've made money from the one you just took. Uh, you, you know, I, I, you don't know what you're not going to like. You don't know what you're not going to be good at. It wasn't until I built 10 homes that I'm like, I'm never going to develop and be a builder again. It sucks, right? We're building a, a commercial building now. And I'm like, yeah, I could do this. There's a pretty good spread on building commercial. And, right. and so um, that's one of the cool things about real estate. But, uh, you know, you, you, if you try to be a master of everything at once, you become a master of nothing. Absolutely. You got to, you know, make a hundred grand at it before you decide if you want to keep it as part of your repertoire. You, you, um, you know, to, to jump in, I'll tell you, I always say build, diversify, and then protect. Because when you're in that building stage, it may be wholesaling, it might be fix and flipping, it might be uh, buying and holding, whatever it may be. But specialize in something, you know, be, be great at something. And then you could yeah. take other things on. Because, you know, a lot of times... We, we, we listen to the great investors such as yourself and we say, hey, let's go out there and buy mobile home parks. No, you don't right. know about it. Learn about it first. Maybe yep. go to one of your sessions and, you know, discuss it with you or get, get trained by someone who's an expert in mobile home parks like you or someone else or whatever it may be. But, you know, your diversity is so unique. And I think yet that, you know, even you letting people know that, you um, 
you know, you, you, you just focus on one area and really understand it and then go on to the next. And I think that's kind of what you've done from what I've understood from yeah, you. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, just, you know, one thing I want to ask you, I, I'd love to have you back on a show in about six months to a year because be I man. think I think listeners, you know, get so much off of someone who's a gentleman, uh, you know, incredibly successful and willing to give back because you're appreciative of how you got started. I, I you know, I know you Absolutely. and I know that's how you are. You're a gentleman and um, you, you're, you're a giver. And I believe that, you know, you give, you get so much back. And that's how I see um, you, you being, Aaron, you know, you're, you're just uh, you're just that kind of guy that would help people get to where they want to be and give them the right advice. And, um, you know, a couple things that I want to mention. Um, I know that you you told me you have a couple events coming up in Indianapolis yeah. and uh, one's on June 7th through the 9th and the other yeah. one is on July 12th through the 14th. So what exactly is happening at those events so the listeners could learn a little bit more? And, uh, you know, I would suggest them to go out there and learn from one of the best. So what's happening at those events? So uh, I figure your listeners are going to be in kind of one of two categories. Just starting out, uh, don't have a lot of extra cash, need to focus on their active income and how to make more money. Okay. And then I find that there's people who... They have some money uh, that, you know, maybe a net worth of 300 to a million, a million bucks plus. Uh, they're looking to maybe do some passive investing, maybe a little bit of active investing if it makes sense. So what we've kind of done is, is uh, and I know that your beginning investors, they're the ones that have the least amount of money, the least amount of time. They have a full life and they're just trying to change. Maybe they're just trying to fire their boss or change their game plan, right? Sure. So uh, I would love to, I'll, I'll send you a link that, to just share with your listeners. If you're broke or just getting in the game and you don't have a lot, I have some webinars that I'll share where I teach all of my, my best active income techniques, how I do my flips, how I, how I find properties, how we do direct marketing. I'll share those with you. They're on our IRA rental website. I'll, get, I'll send you, Mike, a login that you can share with your listeners uh, as a value add to this podcast. Um, and, and, and that's kind of your, your beginning group. If you have a net worth of, of a couple hundred thousand dollars or more, whether the money's in your retirement account, in a business line of credit, then we encourage those group investors to come to our live event. We do about nine live events in Indianapolis every year. My Indianapolis operation is a $50 million a year operation. The second wow. floor of our commercial building is a training room. And so we even, there's no cost for that. We just require that they have potentially some money they could passively invest because sure. at the event we offer, passive opportunities, properties uh, that investors can buy and deals that they can do with us. And so uh, we kind of just, you know, have them kind of figure out where they're at, because right. if you're getting in the game, then let me share you those free webinars so you can make some money. If you have a little money, then come to one of my events and we'd love to have you come. We have one in June, we have one in July, uh, and then we have a couple in the fall in September, October, November. So we have five more events that we're, that we're hosting this year and uh, there's no cost for that. Uh, we actually pay for your hotel room. Uh, the meals wow. are included. It's a you know, we cap it to 50 investors a month. So you need to get on the phone with us and have us confirm you to that event. But the, you know, if they're in your tribe, Mike, and if they're in your universe, then, then they're serious investors and, yeah. and we're happy to, to, to pick up the tab on that. Well, to me, that's incredible because first of all, someone gets to go to an uh, educational uh, event and learn from you and, and, and you know, uh, some other folks that you're going to have there. And, um, you know, 
they, they, they can potentially pick up so much knowledge, which is priceless. And, um, you know, I know the events are, again, I'm going to mention the dates are June 7th through the 9th and July yeah. 12th through the 14th in Indianapolis. And you can um, go on uh, Aaron's website at irarental.com. Again, that's irarental.com. You can fill out a form there, and um, Aaron's uh, team will get back to you on setting up a time to uh, have a conversation. You could yep. also go to his Facebook uh, um, um, company page, which is Alpine Capital Solutions, um, and that's uh, you can do the same thing there, and they will respond to you. They have He has a great team, great systems in place, so uh, the communication is incredible. And um, Aaron, I just want to tell you, I'm very appreciative. The listeners have gotten a lot from you. And uh, to me, one thing you also help is to give a lot of people uh, um, the, the motivation that really um, you can build up from not having any money to yeah. having uh, being very successful in real estate. Now, I don't want to tell people 5,000 homes and $50 million right. operation, but, you know, some may, some may, and we hope we hope you do. Aaron yeah. hopes you do. I'm sure he does. But you yeah. know, he can help you build passive income, become an active income, uh, active, active uh, uh, real estate investor. Also, so um, I think it's important to uh, check out his websites, check out his Facebook. And Aaron, we will definitely be seeing you soon back on uh, the Unique Wealth Education podcast. I mean, this has been incredible, and I really appreciate your time. Yeah, Mike, I'd love to. And, and, you know, maybe next time we just cover one topic, maybe let's just talk about Airbnb, which is a really hot topic, or just talk about mobile home or you know, whatever you to. think. I would love to, because that's something that I didn't even mention that Aaron also has Airbnb, Airbnbs. He's an expert at it and he uh, manages Airbnbs. So a lot of people would want to hear about that. And Aaron, you know, uh, you know, I said, hey, in the next six months or a year, uh, our listeners would love to hear many uh, you know, sessions with Aaron Adams. And um, if we can cover next time, maybe like we said, mobile homes, uh, Airbnb, yeah. I know Airbnb is hot now. So that's maybe yeah. one that we could cover too. Um, so we'll, we'll, we'll check your schedule out. We know we got, we know how much you got going on. So we'll try to get you on the show as much as possible. And um, all these listeners are going to get so much information from you. And we definitely recommend that they, uh, um, you know, go to your events too. Appreciate you, brother. It's always Thank a pleasure, man. Thank you so man. much. Thank you, Aaron. We'll talk to you soon. Thank you. All right, take friend. care. Bye-bye.